Hello everyone and thank you for coming back to yet another episode of the Glovin Paradigm. I am your host Peter aka LPD8 Dubuque and this week is going to be another fun week for me because I'm going to be covering a pretty much well asked question from a lot of newcomers and that is pretty much just the pros and cons of each chip type. Now first things first I would like to thank everybody on Reddit and on Facebook and on my Discord chat who have all participated in the subject matter and actually given me their input on what they think when it comes to these different chip types, which I'll get into in a little bit. I just want to thank everyone who's been participating and listening to the show. Highly, highly appreciate all of you guys. If it wasn't for you guys, I really wouldn't have much material to work with and pretty much just pulling stuff out of the air, just trying to you know make a thought on subject matter. So thank everyone for helping me out. Now let's just get right into it. So there are two different tip, uh, chip types out there right now, right? So you got your programmers or your programmables. I call them programmers because I think programmables is just too much coming out of the mouth. So I figure shortening it to programmers would help. And then you also have your bulb chips. Now I'm pretty sure you can pretty much speculate which one does what. Uh, I'm not really gonna have to go into and break down which chip does what and all that jazz, right? So. There are your two, two different chip types right there, are your, your programmers and your bulbs, and each of them actually have a lot of good perks for them, as well as some of them have a couple of deficits with when it comes to them. So we're first going to work on to the programmers chips, and then we're going to move the bulbs, and then I'm pretty much just going to wrap it up from there and give you guys some ideas of what to look for when you're trying to decide your chips, right? So let's go with the programmers. So there's two major benefits when it comes to your programmers okay the first pro and it's pretty much just encompasses anything that you can think of that is a positive for a chip especially when it comes to programmers it's just the versatility you know you have a wide color palette you have a wide flash pattern palette you know you have multiple sets of modes that you can program into it you can go anywhere from one to i've seen some have 14 i've seen some with eight some with six uh, commonly, you probably see anywhere from four to six when it comes to the programmers. Uh, there's just there's just so many things you can actually do with programmers now that I can't sit there and just list every single little thing. It's all just encompassed into the term of versatility. What what else can you expect? You know, it's it's it has everything you need in one little chip. You know, and thus pretty much going to the second pro is just being one of your best investments main reason is because you have a whole swath of different chip types all compacted into one single chip so that makes it your best investment because you only need to buy one set of chips and you pretty much have a whole swath of different opportunities and configurations at your disposal that's why it makes it your best investment because you only need to buy those chips once you only need to really re buy any new batteries or gloves if you need them that's pretty much your two major points when it comes to programmers now the cons is kind of a different situation because it's not necessarily consistent with these cons but you will find these as time goes on when you buy different sets of chips you know over time I've seen so many people report issues that they have with their programmers and to put it simply when you have an issue like that with your programmers just get in contact with the company that you purchased them from and most likely depending on the chip it will have a warranty of some sort and they'll just simply replace that chip for you with no extra charge 
maybe charge you for the shipping, but I usually don't see that anyone, anyone really actually saying that they've been charged shipping just to get a replacement. So, you know, as much as people have issues with them, it's usually can be fixed by customer service. So just keep that in mind when you look at these cons. So the first con that a lot of people always tell me is the quality consistency. Uh, one, when you get a set of your chips, uh, maybe one chip actually has a couple issues with it as everything else is totally fine. One of the things that I always have to tell people when it comes to really just manufacturing, there's always, as I was told in the military, being in the Signal Corps, you're, the, the mantra was you're always going to have a bit error rate. Now, I'm not going to go into a huge amount of detail about bit error rate, but when it comes to data being transferred and uh, transmitted, there's always going to be one extra little bit that gets corrupted or disrupted in some sort or becomes an error. And it's nearly impossible to remove any errors that would happen during data transfer, right? That's basically the whole idea. So when it comes to manufacturing, I always have that idea in my head that you can have a hundred thousand chips being produced within hours and you're probably going to have one out of those a hundred thousand chips have a problem with it and that's just the natural bit error rate that's just something i have accepted that will always happen regardless of any situation you will have a bit error rate somewhere in reality <laughs> okay so i'm hoping hoping that wasn't too convoluted but if you kind of follow me on that it, it will make sense so yeah quality consistency it's a minor issue. Uh, usually if you have a chip that has some major fault with it, you can just get in contact with the company you purchase it from and they're gonna work with you to get it fixed. But that is something that a lot of people have marked as one of the cons for programmers. Uh, another major one that I know a lot of people like to talk about is the RGB diode issues. Now, if you don't know how programmers are set up, they're set up with three diodes inside the light. And it's usually with a clear bulb, which I can probably go into a whole different episode about clear versus frosted, basically. So besides getting uh, distracted by that, the RGB diode issues is what a lot of people want to talk about is the color consistency with this setup. Now, a major thing that I've probably said in the past is the purple bleeding problem. What I mean by this is when you use purple with, in conjunction with other colors like blue, for example, and tends to get washed out by the blue and just turns into another blue uh, configuration, basically. The main reason is, is because when you actually do color mixing with additive color theory, it all depends on different intensities and luminosities when it comes to each diode and the light. So with purple, it's a lot of blue with a little bit of red. What tends to happen is since you're using blue next to something that's primarily using blue in its mixing, tends to bleed it out, hence the term purple bleeding problem. As well as there are certain other colors that are not truly that color per se, um, and especially one of the big issues I always notice when it comes to this issue is with the tint control settings. If you take, what I always like to use is the lavender as the example. When you use lavender and you see it on its high setting on tint, it's fine, but as you get lower, you start seeing it move towards red. Uh, that's one of the main issues when it comes to the diode setup on programmers now. Now, do I see that changing anytime in the future? Most likely, I can actually see them setting it up instead of being just three, it can be six, where you have the three primary colors being red, green, blue, as well as having the secondary colors, which is yellow, magenta, and cyan. Those, I can see that setup coming out 
here in the near future mostly just because if you have the secondary colors on their own set of diodes it actually helps with the color mixing I know as, as weird as that sound it actually does help so just keep that in mind another major issue and this is kind of these basically these last two cons when it comes to programmers kind of go hand in hand one major thing that I know is a big issue for a lot of people is the market shifts now what I mean by market shifts is usually the best example I can always tell and I know a lot of people have said this is like let's just say you bought like the the newest hottest thing right off the the manufacturers and it's like the best thing that's on the market right now the newest thing and you invested so much money into it and then two weeks later you find out that a new product's being released and it's going to be better and make whatever you just purchased obsolete quote unquote that's a feel bad moment that happens to a lot of us I will even say in my own experience that's happened to me when I actually buy <laughs> when I finally got my hands on the chroma control uh, not chroma controls the chroma 24s the chroma controls came out so you know I know how it feels I will admit that granted even when the chroma controls came out I was a little disappointed because I already spent the money on the chroma 24s however my mom being the best mom ever <laughs> purchased the controls for me for a Christmas present you know so things like that do happen you know and it's a natural thing when it comes to you know products like this you're you're you know you can sit there and have to play the gambling game of am I going to be obsolete within the next couple of weeks if I purchase this or is this going to be good for a good while before the next product comes out now I'm not saying that every new product that comes out is always better than the last one that's what they tried uh, strive to do but sometimes it's just they go into a different direction to bring out a whole different product to cater to a whole different demographic you know so that's something you gotta keep in mind when you actually see a lot of these newer products coming out is does this tailor to me as a consumer or is this for a different target art audience is basically what you want to look at when it comes to a lot more of the newer products but yeah there's the market shifts that people have a huge issue about one issue a couple people have brought up to my attention and I really didn't think this was an issue but it doesn't surprise me that this has happened is that people say that innovation with chips have plateaued and it's mostly because one particular company has a bunch of patents which restricts other companies from making any innovations because similarities to these patents could pretty much be an infringement on the patent and so on and so forth do you want to clarify a couple of things when it comes to patents patents are not permanent they do have an expiration date and you do have a process that you have to go through to update and maintain the patent. Now, patents usually have, depending on your patent really, depends on how long it lasts. Uh, I can't remember the exactly two categories, but there are two main categories and one of them is like 14 years and the next one is 20 years. And I know that there's a certain window that you have to hit to renew it, otherwise it's just gonna expire. So, I totally understand where a lot of people are saying that the innovation has plateaued and kind of have this little bottleneck situation where not new things can come out because you know you're kind of having to play the metaphorical landmine field to actually come out with new products from what I've been told so those are your pros and cons for programmers okay I'm not gonna go into a whole huge detail about patents and stuff and the whole innovation plateau thing because one it's just not my area of expertise and two it's just something I'm so used to seeing when it comes to companies as as a whole anyways that it doesn't surprise me that it is okay 
And what do I mean by being not so surprised about companies being like this? First and foremost, everybody just needs to understand when it comes to companies, their bottom line is to make money. No matter how you want to feel about it, even if it's a moral dilemma for yourself or for the community, the bottom line is the company wants to make money and they're going to do what they need to do to make the money, okay? I've seen it so many times before with Wizards of the Coast. I've seen it so many times before with Konami. I've seen it with 4Kids Entertainment. Thank God they're no longer a company because they're probably one of the most shadiest people I've ever seen ever when it came to any products really. So not gonna get, delve into much more of that. I'm just saying if, if you're so surprised that companies act this way, then you, your, your scope on reality, especially when it comes to companies, is very, very narrow. All right, moving on to bulbs. Now, when it comes to bulb chips, there are certain aspects that just, depending on how you feel, are going to be much more beneficial for you than programmers will be. Now, there are pretty much four major pros when it comes to bulbs, all right? First things first, when it comes to bulbs, the one thing that bulbs has over programmers that I don't ever see programmers possibly breaking or beating out bulbs is color supremacy. Now, I know I've already described this in a previous episode, but I'm gonna reiterate it again. When it comes to the bulb lights, the diodes in the lights are coated with the appropriate color to be used. So for example, purple, white, green, the diodes are going to be coated in purple and white and green. Okay, that's why you get so vibrant colors out of bulb chips, is because they're specifically designed like that. Now, keep in mind when it comes to bulb chips that their tints are gonna look different than when you program it into a programmer because one, the it's doing color mixing on the programmer, not the bulb, and two, bulb chip bulbs are usually frosted. So it helps with the color blending and diffraction. Okay, do I see programmers ever get into that point where it's better? It's possible, it's just one of those things that you need to innovate, in my opinion. But other than that, I don't think bulbs are ever gonna lose in that battle when it comes to color supremacy. They're just, they're just the color vibrancy out of bulbs are so much better. The purple is so much richer. You know, you, you don't have that purple bleeding problem. You don't have any of these misconstrued things. Like, you don't have any issues with your color consistency even when your batteries are dying because of how the diodes are set up, okay? Another huge pro is the unique flashing patterns that bulb chips actually have. Now, I know there's a lot of discontinued ones out there that I really wish they weren't discontinued, but they are. And they actually have flashing patterns that programmers don't have. And there's no real good way to replicate those flashing patterns. Like, trust me, I've tried so many times with trying to replicate a pulse on a chroma, and it just did not work, okay? So that's one of the things that bulbs have. They just have more unique flashing patterns. Is it because they're able to fit more complex ones in there? Who knows? I would say so, but I'm not an official engineer, so I can't professionally say that, you know. Bulb rarity is a third one. Now, I know a lot of people are gonna think that's also a con, which it can be, but you can find very unique bulbs with very unique colors, color configurations, all that jazz that you don't really are able to replicate with programmers as well. And again, that comes with the whole red, green, blue diode issue, blah, 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 you know, all this stuff I'm pretty much just repeating from the previous stuff. And then you have modding or modifications. Now, 
this is one of those things that I know a lot of people are talking about in terms of a perk, but the controversy, I guess, when it comes to modifications on bulb chips is that a lot of people want to keep that a secret. So whatever modifications that they made on their chips, they kind of want to keep it a secret. So their chips very, very, very unique. Now, modding's more of a new thing when it comes to bulb chips. So does it mean that it's already, you know, established? No, there's so many more innovations that people can do with modifications that, and unless you actually are very skilled in modifications, you know, it's going to be actually kind of hard to find the, the tools you need to actually do so because a lot of the Glovers that do modifications want to keep that to themselves as a secret. Now, there are people in forums who are willing to help you and teach you how to modify your lights, but it will require some dedication in actually finding that, okay? Do I have any information on that? Unfortunately, no. I feel like I will get the information as soon as possible if I can actually find somebody who's willing to allow me to release a tutorial on a simple modification for your lights, that would be great. However, well, in time, we'll, we'll, we should find out, okay? Okay, so there are your pros for bulbs, and here are the major cons when it comes to bulbs. Now, I'll even tell you from my own experience, when I first started gloving, bulb chips were the thing. Uh, there were programmers out there, but they weren't as advanced as they are now, okay? If I actually remember correctly, the only one that I can remember when I first started was the IMAX, and then slowly you actually had some other ones pop up like the osms kind of came out of nowhere uh the bit two from omg lights were programmer ones but they weren't as programmable as they are like how they are now so like the bit two had a set set number of color combinations that were already pre-programmed in so if you wanted to try to program your own set of colors you couldn't now you can but back then you couldn't so I've had plenty of experience with bulb chips and I have plenty of experience with the programmers. One of the major cons that come from having bulb chips is the bulb collecting and slash storage. Now, what I did back in the day when I was actually collecting a good amount of bulbs and stuff is I would actually go to these smoke shops to buy a decent size little gram bags as they call them. And I would buy the size that you can actually fit 10 light bulbs in it pre-cut just letting you know. So I can store them properly. I can actually write the you know write a label on them to tell me what kind of lights they are i can fit them all in there and i can put it into a tackle box you know that's one of the things i did as form of storage now do i recommend everyone using gram bags to to store all your light bulbs no <laughs> i have a very interesting story about that which i'll probably do on a later episode more like a q a type deal but it's not a very well recommended thing to do um, the only reason I did is it helped keep them clean, it helped keep them together so I didn't have any issues of like grabbing a couple of lights and then falling into the next category and then me having to figure out which light is which. So I can totally understand that the collection and storage to be an issue, especially if you're somebody like me who likes to collect. So the other thing about bulb chips that's probably a major con, especially nowadays, is the limited chips and the quality control issues that happen with them. So. You know, LED gloves actually has a couple chips out there. I think the Neo Nano is what it's called. A couple of people have told me that there's been an issue with the prong size. Like, it's smaller than what the light bulbs actually are. So that's always been an issue. And then just, there's not many of these chips out there anymore. And the ones that you want, a lot of people want, are discontinued. So you have to actually go through the collector's market and the secondary market to actually get them. And that can be quite expensive to do so, you know. Which... Again, when it comes back, <laughs> pretty much really rolls right back to the last con, which is the rarity chip. 
market prices. So, you know, for somebody like me who wants to try to find bits, those are actually pretty rare to find nowadays. And that's probably going to cost me a good arm and a leg to actually get my hands on those again. I know a lot of people talk about the amazing lights, old chips that they had when they were bulb chips. And they're still arguable today, probably the best bulb chips you can get if you can get your hands on them. They have also become very, very rare and are now collector's items. So there are those are your major pros and cons when it comes to bulb chips. Now, for somebody like me who started out in the bulb chip market to go into the programmer, it was pretty much like a natural progression of gloving. That's how, you know, when I first started, it wasn't very, very advanced. And now we're getting on to nine years later after I started and we're so advanced now that you know, the sky's the limit. So when it comes to choosing whether you want bulbs or programmer, it's pretty much on your preference. Uh, if you have a set color combination that you say that this is your color combination and you're not going anywhere else with that color combination, like you're not gonna choose any other com combination of colors ever again, bulbs is where you wanna be because you can find that bulb, put it into your lights and boom, you're done. And I'm hoping that Amazing Lights is still selling their E-Lite Pro, which was probably the best, in my opinion, best bulb chip out there because you can put any bulb in there and it's just a bank of like 20 different flashing patterns. So you can have the same color combination no matter what, but you can have 20 different flashing patterns that you can customize and choose from. I don't know if they still make it anymore. I couldn't find it on their website, so I'm guessing it's discontinued. I wish they would bring it back just, you know, because it was the most versatile thing you can do with bulb chips right there is Elite Pro. But I'm kind of digressing. So there was a person who commented on one of my posts on Facebook when I was talking about chips and stuff. And by the name of Seaway McClellan, thank you so much for giving me permission to say this so you can actually get your exposure that I would like you to get. This guy actually made a small review series on certain products like the OSM2s, the Chromas, gloves, like the magic stretch gloves or the slim gloves, things like that. I will actually have a link to that playlist in the episode description for you guys. That way you guys can actually have that. And as you have a little starting point, he did tell me that it's not very professional, but it is a start. So I figure might as well just use it as a point of reference to actually branch off from there. So definitely check out this playlist. It, you know, I watched a good amount of his videos. Granted, he did say it wasn't very professional, but you know what? He actually gave out a lot of good information and a lot of good things that not only is him himself looking for in a chip, but also what a lot of common people are looking for in a chip. So definitely check that out. Once again, Seaway McClellan, thank you so much for giving me the permission to actually shout this out. So that's pretty much all for my episode today. I am so glad that everyone has been listening to my, my show. I hope that the information I'm putting out there has been very, very helpful. You can help me out by telling me if it's been helpful for you or giving me any feedback that would help improve on things to make it much better for not only yourself, but for other listeners. So what you can do is you can hit me up at my email, which is muttonchopguy.gmail.com. You can also find me on Reddit under muttonchopguy as well. You can also hit me up on my Facebook, which is aptly named this podcast title, The Gloving Paradigm. And you can also join on to my Discord chat where I've been trying to talk to a lot of the people that are on my Discord chat about episode topics so I can just keep the juices flowing. You will find a link to that as well in the episode description. Other than that, that is all that I have for you guys. I'm your host, Peter, a.k.a. LPD Dubuque, and I'll see you guys all next week.